Hello, I'm Beatrice Valerie Nero, and you're listening to This is the Voice of the Prophet. I have walked in the office of the prophet since God revealed the anointing he has placed on my life for close to 40 years. This podcast is a new territory that he has assigned me that I pray will be done as God ministers. The purpose of this podcast is to share the word of God in a prophetic way under the anointing of the Holy Ghost as he ministers and speaks to my spirit as to what he would have me to speak to the listeners, you, his sons and daughters. You can help and support this podcast by telling your families, friends, co-workers, church members, and everyone you know about This is the Voice of the Prophet and how easy it is to tune in through any podcast server through this title. I also ask for your prayers. You can reach me with questions and comments by email at amiteagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net. And finally, you can always reach me at my website at www.amiteagle.com. And remember, if for some reason the podcast doesn't come through to you through your text or email or however you're receiving it, you can always reach this is the voice of the prophet on any podcast server. Thank you and God bless you. Now let's get into the word that God has for us for this week. This episode is entitled, Just Keep Playing It Safe. I've wondered over and over why and how so many pastors and leaders can sit idly by and not speak up during this time, especially when it's so needed and necessary. I mean, there were so many who opened their mouths really wide and loud when it came to the election. They supported all the false prophets even until today, stating that the election was stolen. They continued to agree with QAnon that Trump is still president and that last Thursday, March 4th, he would return to the White House. And let me say that that's in spite of the last prediction that Joe Biden would never be inaugurated and that they would stop the count on January 6th. There were those who, from their pulpits, speaking to their mixed congregations, were willing to speak up concerning Donald Trump, who, in my opinion, is definitely a racist. They were willing to stand behind him and support him even during the summer protests. But has one of these outspoken leaders or pastors in the church and body of Christ said one word concerning racism and or white supremacy in the church? Let's skip over the white supremacy. What about racism? Okay, let's not talk about that big white elephant in the church. For now, we'll just sweep him under the rug, ignore that big bump, and pretend it's not there in order for me to get to my point. Have any of these white pastors, prophets, evangelists, televangelists, teachers, or preachers even acknowledged that racism is real and active? Are they taking a stand with their black and brown members? Are they in any way teaching and truly moving against it? I would say today that if, big if, 
If anything is being said or done, it's not much. Why do they still refuse to speak up? I'll tell you why right now. It's because they're playing it safe. It's not because they don't believe it's real, but for many of them, it's comfortable. And yes, there are still a few that will admit that there's racism, but that's the farthest they'll go. They're playing it safe. There are some that won't even ask God about racism in their church because they are afraid of what they'll hear from him. They'd rather just play it safe and believe that they're not hearing anything at all one way or the other. Those of you that know me know that when I minister to an individual or a body, God always gives me scripture to back up what he's speaking to my spirit. What scriptures are they preaching from the pulpit to back up what God is telling them about keeping quiet on racism? Well, let me give you one or two right now. In John 9, 20 through 23, it reads in the New International Version, We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how he can see or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That is why his parents said, he is of age, ask him. The parents of the blind man played it safe by refusing to answer and by telling the Pharisees to ask their son. They said that he could answer for himself. They knew the consequences and they were willing to let their own sons suffer them alone. They were afraid to speak up not only concerning Jesus, but even on behalf of their own son, knowing that he had been born blind and that a true miracle had occurred. They played it safe. In John 7, 12 through 13, it reads, Among the crowds there was widespread whispering about him. Some said, He is a good man. Others replied, No, he deceives the people. But no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the leaders. Right now, the majority of the Republican House and Senate refuse to speak up not only against racism because of fear, but even concerning the insurrection that took place on January 6th. They're afraid to say what's true concerning certain things and individuals because they're being bullied and the only way to defeat a bully is to stand up to them and not be afraid. The people at the festival in John 7 played it safe. Basically, they were saying, I'm not saying anything one way or the other about Jesus. Because of the fear they had of being put out of the synagogue, they played it safe. Just like the people at the festival and the parents of the man born blind, many, many people in the body of Christ today don't realize that it's not the church, the crowd, or the building that makes the difference. It's our one-on-one -on -one intimate relationship with the Father that brings us into his presence and makes us one with him. If you don't have that at home in private with him, then don't think it's going to happen at church on a Sunday morning. The people at the festival were cowards. 
Pastors and leaders are afraid to speak up and say what's real because they're cowards. As I stated earlier, they are those that won't even ask God about racism in their church because they're afraid of what they'll hear. They know that once they've heard definitively for themselves what God is saying, that they'll definitely be held accountable. What many are counting on and actually using as an excuse is that they never received the message or the memo. That spiritual email never arrived or was accidentally deleted. It doesn't matter that they're hearing it from people like me or media. As long as they can say for themselves that they haven't heard God, then they can claim plausible deniability. They'd rather just play it safe and not hear anything at all, or at least say that they're not hearing anything one way or the other. That's not going to stand in the presence of God in the judgment. Of the four girls that my mother gave birth to, I've always said that I was the only one that had a fight. Let me be honest, there were many fights that I had growing up. My mother would continually remind us as children and girls growing up that she had never had a fight. My sisters were all able to say the same. I think the main reason that this is true is because first of all, my mother had two brothers who doted on her and the other kids just never approached her in that way. Secondly, my sisters and I were very close, loved one another dearly, and even though I was the third daughter next to the youngest, I fought for them. Not that they asked me to or even expected me to, but nonetheless, it's what I did. That's what happens when you're not afraid to stand up for who you love and for what is right. I'm nobody's coward, so therefore I'm willing to take a stand. In the book of Acts, as Stephen was being stoned, he said in his last breaths that he saw Jesus standing at the throne. Jesus stood up for Stephen. Do you know why Jesus stood for Stephen? Because Stephen took a stand for Jesus. Look at what the word says in reference to Stephen in Acts 6 and 10. Because they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Those that argued with Stephen couldn't stand up against him. Who are you standing up for besides yourself? And for some, I would say that you're not even standing for yourselves. Are you standing for those that are weaker? and more vulnerable than you? Are you standing up for someone when you see them being attacked? Or are you taking your place with the parents of the man born blind? Are you hiding among the crowds with the people at the festival in John 7 because you're afraid of the leaders? In Acts 7, when Stephen was being stoned, the word says he fell to his knees. You can't fall to your knees without first standing on your feet. If you stand up for what is right, the word of God, then Jesus can and will stand up for you. Take a stand against racism right in your own church and pulpit by speaking up against it. Have symposiums, conferences, discussions with all of your members on racism and white supremacy in the church and body of Christ. Stop playing it safe. 
When you play it safe, you're a coward. Most of us remember the old cowboy movies when someone's being, someone was being egged on or goaded into a gunfight. They were called a whole series of names. Yellow-bellied, scaredy-cat, sissy, weakling, and names that I won't say or use in my vocabulary, but we all get the picture. But what they weren't called and what they will never be called were heroes. The parents of the man born blind, as well as the people at the festival mentioned previously in the Bible, will never know what it means to be one of those. Because they played it safe, when we see and read about them in the word of God, rather than seeing them listed with the heroes of faith, they are and forever will be seen as cowards, the weaklings and chicken-hearted that they were. They will forever be listed with the fearful and the unbelievers. How will you be listed? How will we be listed when we stand in the judgment? How will our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and future generations of churchgoers look at us, at the ones who played it safe, as opposed to those who stood up and heard God's voice and then obeyed? If we're going to call ourselves Christians, if we're going to call ourselves by his name, then we need to glorify his name and not be a bunch of cowards. There are some that want to play it so safe that they won't even mention from their pulpits about the golden idol that was displayed and literally bowed down to at CPAC earlier this month. The same pastors that are doing so well at playing it safe right now, who were brave enough to stand up and ask, no, not ask, but demand that their members vote for the man who they refer to as Osiris and someone ordained by God. But yet, when they see him being lifted up as God, they still refuse to say they made a mistake. They refuse to say that they were wrong and will not say to the people, that they were wrong. Don't be quiet now. This is not the time to be quiet. This is not the time to play it safe. This is the time when the men and women of God should speak up concerning racism and white supremacy in the church. They are those who would say that they will not jeopardize the years that they spend in building up their ministries by discussing racism. They will not tear their church and ministry apart by saying that racism is real or even acknowledging the sin and reality of it. In maintaining that position, it's the same stance that this nation must accept in the fact that the United States of America, including the very capital buildings of this nation, were built on the backs of black slaves. Many, many churches and ministries, and not just the predominantly black ones, but the interracial ones as well, have been built on the backs of black people. For many of you evangelists and televangelists, many of you pastors who are over interracial churches, it was God sending you the black support that got you to where you are today. And yet you refuse to speak out against the oppression on their behalf unless it's convenient to you or when you're speaking at a predominantly black church or conference. 
It's a great thing for you to say good things about blacks and concerning blacks being in the Bible when you're speaking at a black convention or church, knowing that you're going to get a five, 10 or even $25,000 check. And yet you choose to play it safe by not opening your mouth concerning the misuse of your black members and supporters. You have not only refused to talk about racism in your church, but you refuse to talk about racism and white supremacy even existing. And again, if you do, if you have in the past, that's all that's been done. It's not just something just to be mentioned off the top of your heads on a Sunday once in a while. Perhaps you have talked about it from time to time, but it's always been in a way to carefully not raise any feathers. It's always been in a way to be sure not to cause any offenses or worse yet, to be sure that it's not in a way that demands a stand for change. I say it again, cowards. Since so many are deciding to play it safe, and literally be cowards, I'm asking each and every one who's listening to this podcast to look at and think about what's in store for the cowards. In the New International Version of the Bible, Revelations 21 and 8, it reads, But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars. They will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. For those that are fearful of speaking up and saying what needs to be said, you're choosing a way that will put your very salvation in great jeopardy. It's the cowardly, unbelieving, the vile, sexually immoral, liars. And for those who are bowing in front of that golden idol, the idolaters that will cause them to be consigned to the second death. What's a coward? It's one who gives in under pressure because of fear and persecution. And yes, that's exactly what so many are doing and succumbing to in the body of Christ. Because you lack the courage to stand up to racism in the church and call out what you're afraid of, you will also have your part in the lake of burning sulfur, the second death. Pause and think about that for a while. They are those that are so quick to limit God's word to just their parameters and areas of thinking. So many actually limit God to what they think, feel, and want. We cannot limit God just to our races and culture. God is not white. And he's definitely not just for the white race. And I know, no, he's not black. God is spirit. And spirits have no color. In the Old Testament, under the law, God allowed for some races and people to be destroyed because of their idol worship. But that was under the law. That was the Old Testament. 
That was for those that did not follow God, the true and living God. However, we are no longer under the law. We are no longer under the curse. We are under grace. And Jesus came and he has made us one with the Father as well as one with one another. God is not white. This has been the lie that's been perpetrated for centuries through the white pictures of Jesus painted by Michelangelo, the white angels drawn on the walls and stained glasses of the churches in Rome, the cathedrals and basilicas all around the world. Even the bronze statues have the features of the white Europeans wanting everyone on earth to believe that God and Jesus are white. These are all lies. The doctrine of discovery that was discussed in the last episode could well have been the very beginning of white supremacy. It's all in the church. This is where racism began and this is where it must end. Do what Jesus did for Stephen and stand up for those who have stood up and stood by you even though they were you were a different color. Stop the lies. Stop being cowards. Stop the racism. And stop playing it safe. I pray that this episode has been enlightening to each of you, and I pray that you will share it with others, encouraging your church members, families, friends, neighbors, and co-workers to listen to the podcast, This is the Voice of the Prophet, on any podcast server. Until next Monday, remember that I am praying for each and every person who listens, asking our Father's blessings and favor upon you. God bless each and every one of you, and thank you so much for listening.